Holler. You found Holler Weekly. Yeah, yeah. I broke down and gave myself a haircut uh, last week. Um, okay. You're saying uh-uh and you're looking straight at me in my eye. No, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying I couldn't do it. On you, on you, friend. Oh, here we go. Good. Thank you. It looks so Thank you good. kindly. Holler. 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 This week on Holler Weekly. Are you an ACM voter? I am. You are. Are yes. you going to reveal your ballot? I can tell you who I hope will win. I don't know if this is necessarily... Well, if you hope they win, that probably means that you okay. voted for them. I mean, you can glean from that what you will. A transatlantic discussion of country music. Do I go backstage and talk to her and introduce myself and say hello? Or is she furious and just right. doesn't want to, to be bothered with this at all? This is Hollow Weekly. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Holler Weekly. This is your transatlantic podcast talking about all things country, roots, and Americana music. I'm Kelly Sutton in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Balin Leonard. I'm in London, England. Coming up on Holler Weekly, we're going to be hearing from Holler contributor Amanda Wicks. She spoke to Rhiannon Giddens about adapting to being cut off from her homeland and how it informed her new album, They're Calling Me Home. Plus, we are building up to the ACM Awards happening here in Nashville this coming weekend. We're going to give you our picks. Who will be walking away with Entertainer of the Year? What's been going on in Nashville um, this past week, Kelly? You know, things are opening up here again, and it's exciting and also a little scary. Now our bars are open until 2 in the morning. And let me tell you, the pictures and video that I saw from downtown on Broadway, it looks like there's no pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I saw those. It it was horrifying. It's a little scary. I mean, the pictures that I've seen coming out of Nashville in general for this entire pandemic have been pretty horrifying. There's been quite a few moments where the crowds have been back, 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 right? Um, yeah, I think, you know, we've really kind of gone through that whole how tight can you make restrictions to be safe? But how do you also keep all of these people that are relying on tourism as a living and to make their money? How, how do you keep them afloat? So it's been this really tightrope walk that I think a lot of people have had to do, including politicians downtown. There have been a lot of back and forth between bar owners and the mayor of the city. And he finally came out and said, you know what, we're at a phase now where we've had lower numbers than we've ever had. We can stay open until two. And with that, they came running. Broadway is open. For how long? We shall see. Hopefully, you know, it all goes well. I think the difference between, because we've had a few, not lately, but last year when we would have some of the restrictions lifted, there there were horrifying pictures coming out of London as well, particularly in Soho, because they would pedestrianize the the street in the, in the middle of Soho, Old Compton Street, it's called, and they put tables out, and it was absolutely rammed and really, really scary. But, you know, I think the difference is, for the most part, our crowds that have caused concern during all this in the UK have been locals. Whereas okay. in Nashville, you guys still have quite a few tourists come into town, right? A lot right? of tourists. A lot of tourists. Because Tennessee never shut down. There were certain states mm. that if you were going into the state, you had to arrive with a negative COVID test or you had to have been uh, tested within three or four days and show that. But Nashville has never had that. So it's never been a restriction here. So people have been coming and going as they please without any kind of uh, stopper. Have you had to have loads of tests during that? 
I've had uh, probably four. Right. Okay. But now I'm now I'm halfway vaccinated. I get my second shot next week. Oh, so yeah. at that point, I am I am taking applications for hugs because I miss that. Here, even if you've been vaccinated, they're like you still need to wear a mask. You still need to maintain social distancing. Oh yeah. Right. Yes. So yeah, so application for hugs not open, Kelly. Oh, it's still open. I will hug you and turn my head to the side. Listen, I I am a hugger. I've been a hugger by nature. I know some people, and it's so funny because I just assume everybody wants to get a hug yeah. and I go in for it. Mm-hmm. And then they do that weird, like, they give you the air hug where their arms are not really touching. And then I think, oh, yeah, not everybody enjoys this like I do. Like, I love it. I hug everything that moves. I'm a hugger. Tactile. I'm tactile. But sure. you're right. It's not everybody's cup of tea. But have you ever been in a professional situation where somebody gives you a, a big old hug and it's unexpected because it's like a... Re- and I, I'm not talking about like artists because, you know, artists are all lovey-dovey but in like no i'm always the one that does it that makes it unexpected balen i'm the one that makes it weird right you are the professional I'm that the professional makes it weird that makes i got it you weird. but okay. yes i have hugged people that i immediately regretted and went oh that was not <laughs> that was not good hollow weekly country americana and roots to shout about Hey, I do want to give a shout out, though, because we got something in our mailbag from our new friend, Dan Grist. You've got mail. Dan is going to be my first hug whenever I get to hug somebody. He reached out and just said, I just wanted to message you guys. Been waiting for the podcast. I really enjoyed the first episode, particularly enjoyed the conversation with Brooke Eden's new music and her coming out story. Totally agree with Balin. Ooh, he gives you props. Thanks, Dan. I'll hug you too. Regarding how there are so many minorities and those in the LGBTQ community, behind the scenes anyway, not only that, so many minorities listen and enjoy country music. Absolutely. He loves Orville Peck, talked about that, and just said thank you for having these conversations right off the bat. Well, thank you, Dan. We love that you're a fan. Oh, thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks for getting in touch, and we'd love to hear from you as well. You can always email us just like Dan did. It's howdy at holler.country, or uh, send us a message on our socials. We are at Holler Country right across the socials. Uh, anything you got to say, anything you want us to cover, any comments on things that we do cover, we're open. I feel like Dan is our OG now. He's been here since the beginning. That makes me makes me love yeah. him even more. That's so good. We need to have badges made. We do need to have badges made. You know what they're making right now? What? They're making all access passes for all the festivals that just got announced because we are yes. getting lineups. This is Yes. happening live music is coming back friends how do you feel about this because you know um we're getting we're getting the announcements in in the uk as well and we're also getting announcements of further festivals that aren't going to happen um Ooh. i wonder what the divide is here between the uk and the us because and i guess it depends on the genre as well right so if you mm-hmm. are a a rock or a pop or a, a dance music festival in the uk then there are plenty of mega uk artists that can headline that that are internationally known that are really big deals you don't have to worry about them having to travel into the uk and you can put together a lineup quite easily likewise in the us um all of those genres plus country music you know you're all right there so so some of the festivals that i've seen announced my in my hometown festival in east tennessee the bristol rhythm and roots reunion festival has been announced easy right you just drive down from nashville No problem there. Bonnaroo has been announced. Um, Americana Fest, I see in Nashville. They say that's 
It's going to go ahead easy. A lot of those artists are already in town, so they're going to be there. But if there's a lot of travel involved, particularly international travel, right. I think that's when it gets tricky, right? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I haven't heard anything about uh, CMC Rocks, which is in Australia. I know that's a big one for all of our country music friends that usually will travel over there. I haven't heard if that's going to be happening or not. Anything stateside um, that is happening, I would say, from July, late July on, feels like it's a go. So some of the smaller festivals that are down on the coast I've seen are a go. Pilgrimage Festival, which is here in Franklin and mm. is one of my favorites. It's like a, a grown-up Bonnaroo because it ends at 8 o'clock every night. <laughs> It's my favorite. But it's so difficult to get into and out of because it's just one road in and out with like hundreds of thousands of people, however many. Listen, I know the back roads. You stick with me. I'll get you in and out. It's no worries. Oh, no worries. I'll need to call you okay, next time. Okay, okay. Yeah, but uh, you know, those things, I, I see that they're up and running and that does my heart good. Of course, we're not going to have, you know, the big CMA festival that's happening downtown. And mm. I actually had a conversation with my friends that work at CMA. They really debated on that. They wanted to try to figure out a way to do it, but it just didn't feel safe to them being that it's always that first week in June, that first weekend yeah. in June. They just felt like it was too soon. And then on top of that, when you look at the landscape and the footprint of where that festival takes place, it is all downtown Nashville. And we still have most of Second Avenue destroyed and mm. under construction from that horrible Christmas Day bombing. So that just kind of, I think, added on to the reasons that they said this is just going to be too difficult to have this year. So will you feel even in kind of, even with your, well, I mean, I guess you will, because you're already looking forward to hugging people with your your two vaccines. I've got tiger blood. Bring it on. But if you weren't vaccinated, and also let's keep in mind that vaccines are not 100% um effective 95% that's good enough for yeah me. I mean it's a it's a good thing but so you you feel fine going and being in a really crowded situation Balin I just went to Disney World oh god you did as well yeah but Disney World's really good with their rules and their spacing, their spacing and their yeah, you know were. you have to wear a mask really in were. Disney World and listen let's face it you get into right. a festival even if it's required to wear a mask it's not going to happen for a lot of people is it no and and I will say for me, I don't think that there, I wouldn't want to go to a festival where I felt so squished and in someone else's face. I wouldn't go before COVID. Like, that's not my scene. I'm not going to be in the mosh <laughs> right. pit. It wasn't your thing even right. before then. <laughs> before any of this happened, I wasn't going to be in the mosh pit. So that, I guess maybe that just is why I'm feeling okay with it all but i would love to hear what everybody else thinks and i guess the good thing is they're outside yeah they're outside right they're outside I, there yeah it's hard to say it it's hard is. to say i think everybody's trying to figure this out we all want to get back to it and you know as somebody who who works in the festival world i know all of the challenges there and also how badly uh, we all want it to happen but i think there's also so many unknowns still as well you know i think it's all great taking a leap of faith and going okay i reckon this is going to be okay by this time but you know this festivals are expensive yeah they are festivals are expensive I think we need to ask everybody if they would go. Yeah, how do you right feel about now, this? If you're listening to this, would you go to a festival, especially if it's close to you? Would you feel comfortable going to an outdoor festival? Tell us about it at Holler Country is where you find us on our socials. You can send us an email. Howdy at Holler.Country. Just chime in. Because uh, Eric Church announced his tour, didn't he? 
so it's not just festivals that are announcing. So Eric Church, mm. I think that it's correct to say that he's the first major artist that has announced uh, a new big tour for 21. So end of 21, end of 22. It's got it's got country music fans in the UK really upset, Kelly. Because he doesn't have any dates on there. Well, because he was head he was meant to headline C two C, the big country music festival yes. that happens in London and Dublin and Glasgow in March. So he was meant to do that last year. Obviously, it didn't happen. Then meant to do it this year. Obviously, that didn't happen. It's been postponed to next year. Now, they'd never announced who was going to be on the lineup for next oh. year. But, you know, people w- were hoping that Eric Church would carry over to that. Yeah. And um, he's got some dates on that tour that clash with the <gasps> C2C date. So oh, people are pretty no. upset about that. But, you know, that's also the trouble with um, all of these things that have been postponed. Everybody's just trying to get back up and back on the road. And there's inevitably going to be clashes with things sure. that they were meant to do earlier. But Eric Church will make it back to the UK. He's he's beloved here. I um, have only one time sat with an artist that showed me what their schedule looked like when they were trying to plan a tour. Mm-hmm. And my... I couldn't like my brain doesn't process all of that. I just looked at it and it just looked like this massive, huge Excel document that had travel days and where they and I was like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad there are humans that can do this because that is not my wheelhouse. It's it's like a dance. It's like choreographing a dance of where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, how they're going to get there. It's science. It's all science because it's also like <laughs> travel times and downtime right. that you need no, and all of that. that. Yeah. It, it, it hurts my brain to think like that. That's it why hurts my you know, brain. That's why we don't do that, Kelly. Holler. Holler. One of my favorite people to follow on Twitter is Jason Isbell. And I would, okay. just, I would uh, encourage everyone, after you follow Holler Country on Twitter and Instagram, you need to follow Jason Isbell because he's really funny and very dry. And he loves to take on the haters. But he is going to be in a Martin Scorsese film. And I, it took me a second. I was like, okay, he's kidding. This is a joke. But then when I looked, I'm like, no, no, this is for real. It's Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson, both going to be in a new Martin Scorsese film. And Sturgill's acted before. He's yeah, Sturgill, before. Sturgill doesn't surprise me. Like, he's done some acting before, right? right. And I can but see Jason that. Jason hasn't. This is, his, this is his debut. I mean... Way to start on top with a Scorsese film. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congrats, man. That's huge. Oh, but, you know, country music stars on film. I mean, there's a long history of that, right? And, oh, and yeah. I mean, of course, Dolly Parton. And But, you know, everybody says nine to five when they talk about Dolly Parton. You know my favorite Dolly Parton film? What is it? Come on. Still Magnolias. Oh, yes. Truby. Yeah, without question, still Magnolia. She's brilliant in that film. I mean, she's brilliant in 9 to 5 as well. I wear a size 6, but a 6.5 feels so good I buy a 7. She's talking about <laughs> yeah, her she shoes. Has, yeah. She has so many great lines. Oh, in that. So they good. all do, actually. Uh, Shirley MacLaine has my favorite line in that film, though. If you don't have anything nice to say about somebody, come sit next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I don't know if we count this. Do we count Carrie Underwood in Sound of Music? Um, <laughs> that seems a bit of a stretch because that was yeah, a television a film musical. of a live stage musical. But other than that, I don't think uh, she's done it. No, acting, she was. She? she was in Soul Surfer. What's Soul Surfer? Soul Surfer was this movie. It's a Christian movie. The story of a young girl. And it, Soul and it, Surfer. It's a, it's a true story. Is it about a surfer? It's about a girl that lost her arm in a shark attack. Surfing. Yeah. She was, oh my she gosh. was surfing. And it's a true story. 
And Carrie was in that. Did she play the girl? So, no. Okay. She was like the friend. She was like one of the friends. And of course, Star is Born. So, you know, uh, Chris Christopherson in one version <sighs> of A Star is Born. The Barbara Streisand version, I think, right? Is, Can is I what just he was say in. something? Is this going to be really creepy? Maybe. Probably. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Chris Christopherson, to me, is the most attractive older gentleman on the planet. I still think he is hot. That doesn't sound creepy. I don't care that he's in his 80s. I love that man. That's it's starting to sound creepy. A little bit. Yeah. And in person. Woo! He is. Mm. Listen, that is the goal is to be, you know, to be an attractive person. Right. Regardless of your age. Right. So it's just, yeah, that's a good thing. You know who else I think of, though? It's so interesting when you said country artists who are actors, the first person I thought of was Dwight Yoakam. And Tim McGraw as well. Tim McGraw's been in quite a lot oh, of things. Gosh, I was in a movie with Tim McGraw. I completely forgot. What? How was this not the first thing we're talking about? I and buried wait, the lead. you're an actor? Wait, did you play yourself? I did. I played myself. On the red carpet, I'm I'm betting. No. Um well I was on the red carpet in one scene, but I was behind the scenes. It was Oh my in, god, you um, had more than one scene. All yeah, right, go tell yeah, yeah. me this story, please. I was in Country Strong. If you've ever seen Country Strong, I'm in it. Gwyneth Paltrow and Tim McGraw. They filmed the movie and they needed reporters and anchors, television reporters. And I landed a spot as a TV reporter outside. If anybody watches, like there are two very quick scenes. But when they're going into the final show, I'm outside with my co-host and we're both debating on whether or not she's going to pull it out. You know, do you forgive her because she's a drug addict and all these things. And then um, after the show, I'm backstage with Tim asking him questions about her. Yeah. Kelly Sutton, how I did forgot. you forget this? I don't know. Wow. It was a long time ago. It was, it was several years ago. What a varied career you've had. Thank you. It was really fun. I will say it was very funny because Tim, for the movie, he grew his beard out. Um, if you watch it, you know, he's, he's got a scruffy kind of beard. He grew it out for the movie and it was really his hair. But then in our scene, it was a reshoot. Um, so it was months later when they decided to shoot the scene and add it in. So it was fake. His beard was then right. fake. And I'm right. standing really close to him. And all I can do is stare at this fake beard and think okay this just it looks horrible <laughs> this isn't going to read people can we cut this isn't going to work i'm sorry friends this is not going to work for me and he looked at me and he goes quit staring at my beard i'm like i can't help it it looks horrible and he goes i know but it's gonna look fine on camera and i'm like yeah we hope but it was just this really funny back and forth because he knew i couldn't stop looking at it i'm like i'm sorry the more i think not to look at it wow. that's all i can um, see country strong's very own kelly sutton here <laughs> on Holly Weekly. What a joy. I feel like I want to watch that film again. Um, so what are your favorite country stars on film? We'd love to hear from you. We are howdy at holler.country. You can let us know on socials. We are at holler country. Because let's also be honest that sometimes country-themed films, and there's a lot of them, some of them are absolutely brilliant. Some of them are very much less so. And I would uh, say that that is also true of superstars acting talents country stars on film that's what we want to hear from you your favorites please you're listening to hollow weekly country americana and roots to shout about all right i'm going to tell you what i'm excited about brandy carlisle and her memoir broken horses are you a brandy carlisle fan 
I am a Brandi Carlyle fan. I love talking to her. Um, the last interview I did with her, Tanya Tucker came in the middle of us and interrupted the interview, and it was one of my favorite red carpet moments ever. Uh, her voice is amazing. Now, some people are saying it's a bit early for, for her to write a memoir, but what a life she's had. I mean, she's got so much to talk about. That's the thing. I I know her music. I know her from chatting with her and, and chatting her up on the red carpet, which is not in-depth at all. But you, on the other hand, have like so much vast knowledge of Brandy Carlisle. Well, I wouldn't say I've got vast knowledge, but I am fascinated in that she's been in this music game for a long time, you know, dropped out of school um, to be in a band and, you know, dropped out of school also because she moved around a lot and was getting ready to go to a new school and just couldn't do it anymore, wasn't doing very well with her grades. She was out in school, which, you know, at that time and probably even now in loads of places is, is quite a lot to deal with. So her and her brother dropped out of school on the same day at the same time, and then she just pursued music. So she's been doing this for a while, but it's really only the past few years that she's went from like what seems like zero to 60, and it right. all started um, with the joke and her performance of that at the Grammy Awards a few years ago where she absolutely burnt the house to the ground yeah. with her performance. And then, of course, she's so prolific as well, you know, like the high women and doing all these collaborations that she does and doing her own stuff. And she just seems so comfortable in her skin. Like all of it, which I'm sure was a big deal throughout her life, none of it seems like a big deal now. And what I, I mean, her sexuality, her talent, like all of that stuff, she just wears it so comfortably. And she lives on a commune, basically, of, of her own building, like her and the twins that she works with. And they're always they with her. Live there. They're always like when they walk the carpet, they're always, always right there. I love that. Yeah, because she, like, even though it's called Brandy Carlisle, they're a band, right. you know, like they decided to, to, to focus it on her because for whatever reason, you know, whether that's kind of marketing or ease of understanding or because she was always ma mainly the lead singer, whatever that case may be, but they consider themselves a band. So they live on this farm. Their partners do. And I think that one of them, I, I can't remember how it quite works, but like one of them, her sister is somehow involved. So I think maybe her sister is, is in a relationship with one of them, or if it's not them, whoever her sister is in a relationship also lives there. Like, I mean, they just all live there together. Kids, couples, big farm in, I think, Washington State. And it just seems idyllic. I love this. I'm a little bit obsessed with it. And if you see on her socials, she's always posting content from there. And it just seems like the most beautiful kind of log cabin-y, farm that you would ever want to live on. I'm all for it. And, you know, I don't think it matters your age about a memoir. It's like the story that you have to tell, right? And the life that you've led. So I haven't actually read this yet. I'm looking forward if to it. If you've lived a lot of life, then it's time to write it down for sure. And I just got an email um, a couple of days ago and I, I wanted to remember what Asking it was. you to write your memoir. Absolutely not. It is Brandy Carlisle okay. is doing a virtual book tour next month. And guess who is in conversation with her on this virtual book tour. Just guess. Tanya Tucker. Dolly Parton. Oh, my Lord. Uh, See, this is what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. Dolly is going to be in conversation with her. Glennon Doyle, whom I'm a huge fan of Glennon Doyle, uh, author, if, you, if you're not familiar. But Leslie Jordan, who is a comedian. And oh, yes. <laughs> he is truly one of the, the people in my life that is on my dream board of I want to talk to him. Like, I need. If you do not follow Leslie Jordan on social media, please do yourself a favor him. and follow him on social media. He will bring joy to your life every single day. 
day. And he's got a new gospel album out. I, which I'm I'm obsessed with. So maybe I'll get him on. Maybe we'll do this for Holler. That's what we should do. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna reach please out. Please get, get a Leslie, Jordan. Leslie Jordan. Leslie, if you're listening, I would love to speak with you. We would have so much fun. And he's just in Chattanooga, so he's so close. You know. I love Leslie Jordan. But wait, so this blows my mind because it's Brandy Carlisle's book tour. Right. But she's. But the but Dolly Parton and Leslie Jordan and all these other people are. Are like guests on this book tour it says with her? I in mean, conversation come on. in conversation. I mean, oh. if you're gonna do a so virtual, is Dolly Parton gonna interview Brandy Carlisle? Bless it, I hope so. From your lips to God's this ears, is blowing let's make my that mind. happen. Oh, all right, all right. that's happening, guys. Uh, check it out. Broken I horses. Moment. I need a moment. <laughs> Go get your memoir from Brandy Carlisle. I cannot wait to read it. Holler. You ready to talk about Rihanna and Giddens? I'm ready to talk about Rihanna and Giddens at any point. <laughs> Holler. Holler. Holler Weekly. We have an amazing article right now on holler.country. I encourage everybody to go over and check it out. She was actually at her second home that she has in Ireland. And when the world shut down, she decided to stay there. So she has a home in North Carolina, which is where she's from. And then she also has a place in Ireland. She decided to stay in Ireland. And I think if you are away from what you would normally say is your main home where you're most comfortable has to be a little different you know in reading this i'm like oh i wonder what kind of inspiration she was really struck with in thinking when will i be able to get back to north carolina and see family and friends will it be a long time will it be years will it be ever yeah and i think also um this whole thing of being somewhere else and working in roots music that she does and so many different kind of um roots of roots music coming from europe and and all around the world to be able to trace those um from where she was to where she's from is a really fascinating thing uh, there's a great article as kelly mentioned on the holler.country about it and um, our contributor amanda wick spoke to giddens about kind of adopting to this whole situation and how it informed her new album the album is called they're calling me home and she wrote it with her partner francesco teresi and we're going to hear a little bit of that discussion now well, I know that you and Francesco explored different musical geographies on There Is No Other, especially kind of the Ethiopian-Italian divide and with North Africa. So now as you trace the music of America, Ireland, and Italy, what were some of the commonalities that you found between those three countries? What I have found in general is that no matter where you go, you have these feelings of homesickness. Like, the... We're obviously we're exploring that with this record, you know, yeah. being an expat in a in a place and not being able to go home is a very different feeling to being an expat in a place and being able to, you know, to knowing that you can go home whenever you want. And it connects you, I think, in a deeper way to the experiences of, say, the immigrants, whatever reason, whether it's financial or, you know, religious or whatever, the immigrant who's come to another place that has ties back home, maybe they can go back home, maybe they can't. And then you have the refugee who probably doesn't have a home anymore. Yeah. So Avalon kind of struck me as this beautiful tapestry of America, Ireland and Italy. And I was curious what inspired that original song. Making that song was really beautiful because it was with, you know, Francesco and then Newell Sumbu, who's from the Congo, living in Ireland for a very long time. And so with that one and on Waterbound, both songs about, you know, the idea of uh, one not being able to go back home and the other one sort of the idea of meeting your loved ones 
you know, in a home beyond where all of you are at the moment. Yes. You know, here's three of us, three expats uh, from three different continents meeting on this tiny island, you know, <laughs> off the coast of Europe. And I just kind of, that really struck me a lot about how this is how it's always been done, actually, when you look at human history. I mean, people have been moving and affecting other people and being affected. And I was like, here we are, the three of us coming together with our very distinctive viewpoints and our very distinctive cultural flavors to make this song. Fascinating thoughts there on how being in different locations, how it does affect you, how it affects your music, how it affects you as a songwriter. I mean, I can honestly say whenever I've been somewhere else, I come back a little bit changed. Mm. Don't you? Yeah. And also... I feel like I I take a little bit home with me. Yeah. Well, if it's a good trip, definitely. Um, But also, you know, being a musician and working in the music that she does to, to be able to kind of incorporate all of these different sounds. And also just, you know, I think... She seems like a historian to me as well. Like she has a real interest in not just the music, but kind of the history of that music. And so to be able to incorporate that all together, um, amazing. You can read the full conversation between Amanda Wicks and Rhiannon Giddens over on holler.country. I've got a story about Rhiannon Giddens that... um, Oh, tell me, tell me, Well, because I'm such a huge fan of hers and I'm so in awe of her talent. And um, the, the festival that I run, the Long Road Festival here in the UK, we had her on the lineup. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I was so excited about it. Now, here's the thing with the festival, right? You know, it's five stages. There's like over 80 artists. There's always going to be some overlap between artists, and you try and keep that down to a minimum if you can. But also you want that because some people might want to see one artist and not be interested in an artist that's on a different stage. So she was headlining uh, the second stage, which is kind of the Americana stage. The main stage is the kind of commercial country music stage. So there was like a 10-minute overlap between um, Cam, who was the penultimate performer on the main stage, finishing, and Rhiannon starting on the second stage. So Cam was almost finishing her set, and so I went running, you know, across the festival site to get to the second stage to catch Rhiannon Giddens start her set. You know, Cam was given, and you also, you try and you keep these, you do all your due diligence. You have sound engineers who measure how far they right. should be. So there's no, but there's always a little bit of an overlap with the thump, thump of music as well. A little bit well. of a bleed over. Yeah, it's sure, part of the festival sure. experience. But of course, Rhiannon was doing this, and, and this was with Francis, uh, Francisco at the time. This was their first album. This beautiful, kind of very soft and quiet, you know, mandolin and this just gorgeous, gorgeousness to open her set. And Cam is doing like Diane or some big like show closer, like absolutely thumping it out on the main stage across the site. And you couldn't hear it clearly, but obviously the thump thump was happening you know, right. in, and, and I was like, oh my Lord, have mercy. And Rhiannon referenced it on stage. She was like, okay, I, I guess we're not going to do a quiet one anymore because whatever's happening <laughs> on the other stage, I need to do something to counter that. And then it all went fine. You know, Cam finished and, and Rhiannon Giddens had a huge crowd and she absolutely blew everyone away and it was amazing. But because I hadn't met her before, and, you know, as you somebody who apologetic. books the yeah. festival, I try and meet yeah. as many of the artists as I can. It's, it's impossible to meet every one of them because so much is going on. And, and she finished and went off stage. And I thought, do I go backstage and talk to her and introduce myself and say hello? Or is she furious and just right. doesn't want to, to be bothered with this at all? 
And I decided that I wasn't going to go backstage because I didn't know how upset she was, which I think makes me a coward. <laughs> you know what? I, I truly, truly believe in my heart. If you would have gone backstage, she would have been like, oh, it's fine. This is a festival. What do you expect? I, I tr- Turns out she wasn't I, upset. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, her agent said later that, you know, she loved it. They had a great time. Yeah. Francisco had a good time. But I think it was also because I'm so in awe of her talent mm-hmm. that I was just like, and, you know, sometimes it feels a little bit weird to just pop up to somebody that you haven't met before at all right as soon as they've come off stage and absorbed all this energy from thousands and thousands of people and you know sometimes you just go yeah yeah and me going in and being like hey i'm the reason why you could hear cam singing diane over your beautiful song earlier um but yeah i mean i I look forward to the day that i do actually meet her in kind of a radio situation or an interview situation so i can then have this conversation with her but um yeah i think basically i was afraid of rhiannon giddens is the theme of that story but go read about this amazing conversation over at holler.country don't be afraid (laughs) don't be afraid of rhiannon giddens this is holler weekly Okay, Balin, we are gearing up. The Academy of Country Music Awards are around the corner. This is like the tentpole. ACMs. ACMs. This is one of the tentpole events for us in uh, country music, a big one here in the States, obviously. And it's happening. Now, last year, it actually happened in September because everything had been delayed, delayed, delayed. So it's really, it's kind of sad for the people that won last year. Shortest ACM rain ever from September to <laughs> yeah. April. But yeah, it's it's happening. And I want to get your thoughts. I want to pick your brain on who you think is going to be walking home with ACM awards. And it's happening in Nashville again. Because it, it, it moves around, doesn't it, ACMs? Like, it's in Vegas. So, it's, was it in New York? When it started, we're going to go into ACM history. When it started, I believe it was in California. It was, like, at Knott's Berry Farm right. in California. Oh okay. And it really is kind of the... Which is a theme park. It was, yeah. It was kind of um, billed as almost the antithesis of the CMA Awards. CMA Awards is very establishment in Nashville. This was that West Coast swing. That was, you know... Yeah. You're thinking about uh, Buck Owens and all of that country music scene from there. So that's what it was billed as. It was in California. Then for years and years and years and years, it was in Las Vegas. One year, they took a little detour to Dallas. Terrible idea. But it went back to Las Vegas. And then last year, they really had to make a decision. What are we going to do? So they decided to have it in Nashville. Since then, they are having it again here in Nashville. It will be at three different venues. It's going to be at the Opry House. It's going to be at the Bluebird Cafe and the Ryman Auditorium. So you'll see different performances from each one of those locations. They're going to be handing out awards at each one of those locations. I thought they did a fantastic job with this last year when they did it in September. And I think that that set the template for them this year, knowing... We still have a lot of people that are, you know, th- we're not out of the woods just yet. We can't do a full-blown show like we normally would do. So let's kind of use the template that we've already set up and let's do it at these three venues again. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, they are not going to be doing a red carpet that I know of unless it's virtual. Yeah, because that that's your thing, right? You are red Dude, carpet Kelly Sutton. I am like so that, sad. That's where you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad. So yeah. Are you an ACM voter? I am. Yes. You are. Are yes. you going to reveal your ballot? I can tell you who I hope will win. I don't know if this is necessarily... Well, if you hope they win, that probably means that you okay. voted for them. I mean, you can glean from that what you will, but... I'm going to read into okay. it. Oh, this All is right. exciting. All right. Okay. So All right. should we start with Entertainer of the Year? Who do you think is going to be 
the entertainer of the year at the ACM Awards. In All right. So it's definitely going to be a straight white guy. Because That's they're my all prediction. straight white guys. Yeah, so it's Luke Bryan, Eric Church, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton. So uh, my prediction is white guy. <laughs> you are so good. You are correct. I'm going to say Luke Combs. I'm going Luke Combs on this. It's really been his moment lately, hasn't it? it um, has. But, I mean, Chris Stapleton, even though, you know, he's won everything going, mm-hmm continues to to be a force to be reckoned with but yeah it feels like it feels like luke combs year um and i won't go into all the details of what they you know what the criteria are for each one of these because truly i don't have it pulled up in front of me but a lot of it is you know it's going with your gut as an acm voter they give you the criteria but you're still going to vote for what you think or who you think is going to do the best or has done the best and deserves that so for me i would say luke combs is probably the of the five white guys i got a chance to choose from i would say it would be luke combs yeah i'm i'm not an acm voter i'm a i'm a cma voter so i go through this with cma and it's an interesting thing you can do both you can be both oh yeah 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 i i I know but for some i don't know what it is about um like the acm's don't seem to have as much of a presence internationally oh really okay. as the cmas do mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's you know by design or if that's just how it is like I, i'm not really sure how that works but i mean obviously we follow them and certainly if you're in the country world you follow them but it's an interesting process when you're going through the ballot right because of course there's also the moment where you actually there's a long list you know yeah. where you does it work the same way where you actually suggest who it should be yes um and then they narrow it down to the ballot that you actually vote from and it, you know it's sometimes hard to remember everything oh sure it takes a while yeah, so i and think I you're right it is a gut sometime it's a gut instinct and i there are years where i'm like oh i know exactly boom 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 and then there are years where i really kind of waffle back and forth and it takes me a couple of days to come up with a final vote okay let's go to female female artist of the year so Kelsey Ballerini, Miranda Lambert, Ashley McBride, Maren Morris, Carly Pierce. I mean, all absolutely deserving. They've all had absolutely massive years. Um, I mean, Miranda Lambert, isn't she doing... She's like performing twice at yeah. the awards, I heard. Yes, um, I think so. So I mean, that feels pretty... That feels like something. I'm going to say Marin, And I think the reason is for me, Marin's had an amazing year. She's been, she's an incredible artist, but I think that socially Marin has been very vocal and I feel like the ACMs is politically, politically yes. more uh, progressive than some of the other award shows. So I could see that right. the voters would think because of that, and she's using her platform in that way not saying that that's what this should be about but just saying no but it's interesting though because you know the the voter the voting body is is yeah. made up of, of people of all sorts of um political leanings right. and um it won't just be people in the liberal cities and the kind of liberal industry that are voting for this right so it could also work against her in that way true no absolutely but I, yeah, it'll be I'm just, I'm just saying, um, for me, the, the glaring om- omission here was Carrie Underwood. I can't believe Carrie wasn't nominated in this category. No slight. Or to entertainer anyone. of the year. Oh, t- tell me about it. I, 
no slight to anybody that was in that spot. All of these people are absolutely deserving, but also, um, and we haven't even talked about what she did Easter at the Ryman. I don't know if you got to watch that or not, but I was a sobbing mess, crying my eyes out at my house. I look over, my daughter's crying. My husband is like tearing up a little bit. It was so moving and so incredible. And she has such a voice. So I feel like that was- Well, she's going to be performing at these awards, right? With Cece Winans uh, oh, doing something from her Hold from her on to your album. hats, friends. Hold on. Under your hats. It's going to be We're so ready good. for it. Right. Uh, male Artist of the Year looks a lot like um, Entertainer of the Year, to be honest. Uh, yeah. A few changes. Dirk Bentley, Luke Combs, Eric Church, Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton. I'm going with Chris. I'm going with Chris Stapleton. Are you? Mm-hmm. Why? Because his voice is killer. I'm not questioning it. I just, you know, I guess Thomas Rhett has, well, he had uh, an album recently, but he's got his new album on the way, so maybe it doesn't feel like his time. Is that what... The, goes into that thought. Luke Combs had a huge year. If he wins Entertainer of the Year, right. wouldn't he also and take Mail of the Year? I am of the mindset as a voter, if I am voting one person in one category, you're not going to vote him in the others. I'm trying to spread the wealth a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I got you. So I if I've got knocking. Luke for Entertainer, I don't think that I'm going to give him mail, but who knows? I am not every duo of the year has um, has an interesting spread. Uh, Brooks and Dunn, you know, kind of been around, done it. For ages, uh, Brothers Osborne, amazing. Uh, Dan and Shave had an absolutely massive year. Florida Georgia Line, Maddie and Tay. I'm going to go with Dan and Shay. I don't know that there's anybody that's had a bigger year than them. I think the only people that might come close might be Brothers. Because brothers um, Osborne. Skeleton, yeah. the, the album, is so good. Um, so good. And also, I got. When were you voting for this? So that was this before, or after he came. Gosh, out? I think it was right. No, 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 no. Final ballot. Final ballot was after. Final ballot was after. Okay, because you know that could be a real vote. Because yeah. he was so embraced. T.J. Osborne so embraced right. for for coming out, being the sure. first you know um, out male country star signed to a major label, um, and he got such love for that across the industry and beyond. So it'd be a real vote of, for of sure. thumbs up. As well, which, as you say, it's not necessarily all about this stuff, but people are human voting, right? So, of course, these things enter into their minds. We're going to buzz through a couple more of these because I know that we could we could pontificate on each one of these for a while. But uh, group of the year, I've got Old Dominion. Okay. I love Old Dominion. I love all of the groups. That's the sad part. It's like, oh, I love Little Big Town. I love Lady A, but Old Dominion killing the game love their stuff love their sound i love how many accolades so high women are in this category nominated as well and i love how many accolades they get and how very i don't love this bit of it but i think it's interesting i love that they get the accolades and they get virtually no support right. from radio right in the u.s or you know kind of mainstream i know country world in general and yet they are absolutely awarded non-stop and i have to say this has to be acm history has to be ACM history that you've got a female in female artist of the year and also in group of the year with Marin. That's a good point. Yeah, good point. I don't think that's ever happened before. So that's kind of cool. Well, I mean, they're just around the corner of the ACMs. We would love to know your picks. Right. Um, or what did you think about Kelly's picks? Mine don't count. I'm not even a voter. Me. But Kelly... <laughs> Her, she really counts. She's a voter and she's normally on the red carpet. We would love to know your ACM picks. Who should win? Who do you think is going to win? You can email us. We are howdy at holler.country or on socials. We are at holler country. Well, we've covered a lot of territory this episode. I'm really happy. So many things. There's a lot going right. on, you know. Um, I'm looking forward to the time when there is a lot of 
music going on everywhere, but certainly in the UK. You know, you guys in a lot of ways are lucky because these artists live right. there. So if there is a moment to do a show or something can happen, it's quite easy for that. We're, we're struggling a little bit with getting that back over here, but I know it's on the way. So I look forward to that day when I can be like, oh yeah, I also went to this gig and I also did that <laughs> gig. And then I had to run to this gig. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, I miss live music and I miss hugs and I'm hopefully going to get a little bit of both very soon. Guys, we want to know what you want to hear on this podcast. This is as much of your conversation as it is of ours. So throw any kind of comments that you'd like right at us. You can do that. Howdy at holler.country. Also, our social handle is at holler country. Find us, tell us what you think and give us some suggestions because we're going to be here each and every week. Yeah, we're all ears. And don't forget to head over to our main website. It's holler.country. We have a show page there. We will link to the articles that we have talked about and anything else of interest that came up. It's all right there for you in one place, holler.country. Uh, just click on podcast when you're there. And of course, read that amazing article with Rhiannon Giddens as well, uh, written by our contributor, Amanda Wicks. It's all there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we want more people listening in. We want this to be a really big family, like a really big, crazy country Americana roots family. So help us grow our family and tell your friends all about it. Yeah, everyone is welcome. Come here. This episode of Holler Weekly was presented by Kelly Sutton in Nashville. That's me. And Baylin Leonard in London. That is me. It produced by Akira Baines and Ross Jones. And edited by Joyce Reiser. We'll holler at you next week. Holler. I went in to hug Loretta Lynn. It's like hugging the queen. Exactly. Oh, you, yeah. You'd probably go in for a hug of Queen Elizabeth as well. Absolutely. Beheaded. You would be beheaded. <laughs>